before we uh, turn to God's Word and open the Scripture uh, this morning, I also, also wanted to just pause for a moment and, uh, and offer a word of, of, of thanksgiving and of praise for, uh, for your generosity uh, uh, through our Angel Tree uh, program this Christmas. Uh, all of the, the tags were, were taken over the two weeks that they were offered, and, and I see uh, back at the back table all of these gifts that you've offered up to, uh, to these, uh, these six families that, we are, that we're blessing from Tomball Emergency Assistance Ministries. I want to say thank you. I want to praise God for, for you and for your generosity, for your love, and for your kindness. I also want to, uh, to offer up a word that um, we've had four families already step forward uh, desiring to be a part of delivering these presents to the six families and we have room for two more so if your family would like to be a part of that blessing uh, scheduling a delivery time and and going uh, to drop off those gifts to uh, to two of those families uh, I know that you would be richly blessed in doing so. And so uh, Sherry Malir will be back at the Angel Tree table after worship. If you have that desire, we have two more spots available. This morning's scripture uh, uh, is going to be in two parts again, uh, as we have throughout this series, Isaiah 53. And then we're going to flip over to the Gospel of Luke chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me there. Otherwise, the words will be on the screen as we together uh, hear the word of the Lord. First in Isaiah 53, verses 3 and 4. Hear now the word of the Lord. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity, and as one from whom others hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him of no account. And then turning over to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, we're going to read how the angel met with Mary, beginning in verse 26 and following. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. This is the word of God offered to us in its reading and in its hearing, so we give thanks to the Lord God Almighty. 
Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Gracious God, I come to you this morning uh, thankful uh, for the word that you have offered to us, and I ask God that you would remove me from this place, from this space, so that all that is left is you and what you desire to be proclaimed. Lord, I ask that you would uh, meet with us, that you would open our eyes, that we would see our ears, that we would hear, open our hearts, that we would come to know and understand your word, open our, open our minds, that we would grasp it. And then I ask, oh God, that you would open our hands, that we might offer grace to the world. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever received a gift that you felt absolutely, totally, 100% unworthy of? Like, like, like this gift was a gift that, that, that you opened it and you were like, for me? Really? No, 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 no. I just grabbed the wrong tag uh, and, and this was supposed to be for someone else. Uh, I, I think about maybe the movie Hitch, where, uh, where, well, where Albert Brenneman uh, is trying to pursue a celebrity named Allegra, and, and he is way, like super duper way out of his league. And I know you gentlemen here know what it's like to be out of your league because you have all married up. I know you men, and I know you women. All of you have married up, but it's a whole nother thing for, for in this situation, it's like so super duper far-fetched that the fact that he's able to even get her attention uh, is like mind boggling and, and and that's the kind of thing I'm talking about here I'm talking about I remember uh, I was a pastor in Bryan for for five years and while I was there uh, there was an older couple a very very sweet older couple and and they were having their 60th anniversary and and they came from a family of very uh, very meek means and uh, uh, and so uh, at his at their 60th anniversary uh, party uh, they, they had friends and family gather kind of a barbecue, you know, good old Texas uh, get-together, and uh, he out of nowhere gave her a gift, and she opened it, and it was this magnificent diamond ring that he had upgraded her very, uh, very mm, uh, lowly uh, wedding band from. Right, because he, he, he gave her this wedding band when they were kids, when they had no money, when they had no resources, and then all of a sudden he, he decided, I wanted to bless her, and she opened it, and she cried, and she was like, what? No, really? And it was so hilarious to see her reaction, and it was because she, she, she did not expect it, she did not anticipate it, uh, and uh, maybe more than anything else, she didn't feel... Um, like it could really be for her. You know what I'm saying? Like, like she looked at it and thought to herself, this, this is the kind of thing that someone else receives. But not me. But not me. That's kind of uh, where we are in, 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 in our culture. We're constantly bombarded, you and, and me, bombarded with messages that we're not enough, that, 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 that we are unworthy, that, that we are uh, just 
not quite there. It comes to us in, in marketing and advertising, uh, and, and, and sometimes it comes just basically with images. You know, uh, how, how often are we bombarded with images that tell us uh, we're not the right body shape, size, we don't, uh, we don't eat right, work out right, uh, and we look at it and we say, dang, why am I not like them? If, if I only could look like the Wolverine, then I would be a man. Um, <laughs> And all of the women are nodding. Yes, that's exactly right. You should be like the Wolverine. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, and then I look to one side of the room and they all nod. Um, it, you know, it's, why is it that, that those marketing strategies have taken root and effect in our culture that we would look at things that tell us that we're not good enough and, 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 and let that work? Like, why would we buy a product that tells us we're less? But anyway, we, um, we also have, have all of these different um, uh, advertisements that say uh, you would be better if, you, you know those, uh, if, if you have this product, you would be a better cook. If you had this uh, this uh, type of entertainment, you would be more fulfilled. If you just got this class of a car, then all of a sudden your, your friends and your neighbors and your loved ones would look at you like, like you had it, and, and right now you don't. And, and so, so we're, we're, we're bombarded with these messages, and we feel low and less and unworthy. And so what is it for, for, for us to, to, to even begin to imagine what Christmas means? I mean, how, how, how can you and I even, even begin to grasp uh, that, that, that this means that God Almighty would come to the world in the form of a, of a baby for us? How can we fathom it? How can we grasp it? Because surely that's for someone else. Surely that's not for me. Sometimes, um, I, I shared with you that, that, that I, I like to hike and I like to go out like basically where n- no one is. Uh, sometimes that's going to, uh, to Big Bend Ranch State Park uh, where there's literally no one nearby. Sometimes I'll go hiking up in the Sam Houston National Forest, but I'll go places where there aren't trails because I, whenever I hike, I don't like to see people. Uh, I, I want to be all by myself. But the last time I was hiking, I had this really odd uh, experience. I was sitting out. Uh, I had hiked in Sam Houston to where I could get a glimpse of uh, Lake Conroe. And, uh, and so I was sitting by myself in the woods, uh, a little bit scared of snakes because I had seen three snakes during the hike. Uh, but, but, but then I, I calmed myself and was, was praying and was sitting and was, and was listening. And... Um, and I, as I sat back and saw how grand and magnificent and picturesque this scene was before me, I couldn't help but feel small and insignificant and empty. 
And it was kind of like the opposite effect that I like to have when I go hiking, right? Whenever I go hiking and I see this grand scene, I want to see how big and how glorious and how awesome God is and all that God has been able to accomplish and, and how I've been able to be a part of that and how God has allowed me to witness that. But I had that, I had that, that odd kind of opposite response where I saw how grand it was and I thought how insignificant I was. And I was struck by how real the, the, the pain of that moment was for me. And I, I, I think that, that this story that we have in Luke, it, it provides a, a beautiful uh, relationship for all of us to have uh, with a biblical character that, that can meet with us there. Someone who, ha- who has that feeling of insignificance, someone who has that feeling of unworthiness, someone who, who really can, can claim that lowliness. And, and whenever we feel it, we can, we can call upon her, we can relate to her because uh, she handles that experience in such uh, a beautiful way with such grace and of course we're talking about Mary the mother of Jesus you see when when Gabriel comes to meet with Mary Mary is 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 in this quiet space you see when when uh, a woman was betrothed to be married to a man in Jesus's culture, uh, one of the things that would take place is they would uh, step aside and enter into a space of isolation. The space of isolation was uh, in some term to be able to prove that this woman was indeed uh, a virgin so that the the man would have assurance that he was marrying a pure wife. But uh, it was also just a cultural norm, this this quiet space to enter into. But but whenever they, 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 they went there, I imagine all of the time they had to reflect on what was going on in their lives and in their world and maybe that space to figure out who am I in the midst of it all. And, and Mary acknowledges uh, quite clearly who she uh, identifies herself as. And, uh, and later on in Luke, after she meets with Elizabeth and, 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 and whenever uh, the, the child leaps in Elizabeth's womb. Elizabeth acknowledges that Mary is going to be the mother of, of her Lord. And Mary then offers uh, what, what's ca- called the Magnificat. It's this song that Mary sings uh, to God, uh, glorifying God. And it's recorded for us in the Gospel of Luke, a beautiful song. And it, uh, just the beginning of it in verse 46 and following uh, goes like this. It says, Mary said... My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked uh, with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Uh, Let me rephrase that for all of us. He looked on my lowliness with favor. Uh, Mary would have perceived herself as lowly. Uh, Mary is, uh, is a young woman uh, entering into this transition into womanhood. Uh, right and, and think about the transitions that you've experienced in life all of the most traumatic ones uh, leaving the home and going uh, off on your own whether that be to college or something else uh, leaving uh, college and going into the real world and, and 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 
figuring out how to go it alone, uh, leaving singleness and entering into marriage. I want, I want like, like the, the biggest ones, like uh, a, a move from your comfort zone and from your family and from your place of origin to a whole new setting. Think about those big transitions. That's what Mary's experiencing. And Mary's experiencing it as a young woman entering into uh, uh, womanhood and, and being married. And so she's feeling like, like insignificant, like how can I do this? I'm not prepared for this. But that's not the only reason why she feels lowly. She feels lowly because uh, she's a Jewish woman in a Roman culture. I mean, think about the, the season for, for all Jews, for all of the people of Israel, as, as, they, as they have experienced what it's like to live under Roman rule. Uh, they, they're not uh, the Israelite people that, that really own their own governance and are, are allowed to, 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 to follow God first and foremost uh, as the Alpha and the Omega. No, somewhere in that mix, the Roman authorities have been inserted and the Roman authorities Authorities have to come ahead of their faith. And so as, as a people of God, as you look through the scriptures, this is a unique period of time where, where their faith is second. And so everywhere they look as Rome is lifted up, they feel less than. They feel for, like foreigners in their own land. Mary also felt lowly because uh, she is from Nazareth. It would be like, uh, like being from Bedi's, Texas, or, or Finette, or, uh, or Nome. And some of you might say, oh, where are these places? And that's the exact right question to ask. And so uh, she's from Nazareth, and, and people in those days would say, where? Uh, because Nazareth is nowhere. It is, it is a thousand people on a hillside uh, miles off of the more substantial cities in Galilee. So it would be Nazareth of Galilee and they would think of like this region where, where you could like live on the lake and, and there's Capernaum and, and Tiberias and, and these massive cities, but Nazareth is nowhere. And so you sit back and think of, well, who am I and where am I from and what significance do I have and and, and, and I'm no one from nowhere. She's from Nazareth in a culture of Rome, a culture of Jerusalem, a culture of Capernaum. She's from nowhere. So she has this space and this time to sit back and think. And she's reflecting on her life and realizing how little she feels, how small she feels, how insignificant she feels. And then in that space... The angel comes to her and says, you will bear the Son of God. He will be your son. That's, that's quite an entrance, right? It's quite a statement to receive. How are you supposed to receive that? You might begin by saying, uh, why me? Uh, Angel Gabriel, you could go to any woman anywhere in this great nation and you choose to come to me. No one from nowhere. Why? There, there's a whole host of questions that seem to be logical and reasonable to ask. 
But, but Mary, after she gets through some, some just honest sorts of questions, she closes her response to Gabriel by saying, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. You see, when, when, when we feel insignificant, when we feel lowly or unworthy, Mary can be a witness for us. All across Scripture, we have, we have examples of people that make uh, substantial excuses. Uh, we have Moses who literally argues with God saying, no, not me, someone else, and, and has uh, a back and forth five, six times saying uh, all of these reasons why it has to be someone else. But for Mary, Mary doesn't do that. Once she gets the logistics of the matter in order, she says, let it be with me according to your word. And then she celebrates how we worship a God that comes into the space uh, where we who are unworthy are met and profoundly transformed by his presence. You know, I think sometimes... um, uh, this, this example of Mary is lost on us uh, because we so focus our attention on, on Jesus that we lose the impact that Mary can have for us. But, but for any of us that feel unworthy, I think that it's important for us to take that space and that time to say, God came to an insignificant woman and came then as a child in an insignificant way, born in a manger to a family of little means, so that he might take on our lowliness. He might take on our corruption. He might take on our emptiness, emptiness. He might take on our need. Uh, you see that reference that we read from Isaiah 53, uh, it talks a lot uh, uh, about a, a prophesying of, of who Jesus would be and what Jesus would experience uh, being, being bruised, being despised, being rejected. But I want you to, uh, to, to also hear a couple of other things about Jesus in this prophesi- prophecy. Uh, it says that uh, in verse 3 of Isaiah 53, it says, Uh, Jesus would come as one from whom others would hide their faces and that he would be despised and he would be held of no account. That doesn't doesn't sound to me like, uh, uh, like all of those advertisements of perfection. It sounds to me... uh, more like how I feel most of the time. Someone who feels unworthy, and yet Jesus would take that on for you and for me. As we enter into uh, these final days leading up to Christmas, every time you have a, a, a word of doubt or weakness or emptiness or unworthiness creep into your mind, I want you to, to, 
to identify it, to, to, to pause there with it, and to be real in that emotion. And then I want you to look to Mary, who found herself there, and God still saw her and claimed her as the one that would bear his son. And then I want you to point to Jesus and know that in Jesus you have hope. In Jesus you have peace. In Jesus you are made worthy to be known as a child of God Almighty. And no one and nothing can ever take that from you. That is the profound gift that we have this Christmas. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, I do pray that you would meet with us this morning and help us to be honest about, uh, about those, uh, those voices and those experiences um, that, that cause us pain those experiences that, that help us uh, to see clearly uh, how, how small we are, but I ask that it, it, would, it would only be for the benefit of us seeing how big you are in meeting with us, that we have not been forgotten, we have not been isolated, we have not been uh, found alone, we have only been found resting in your arms of mercy and grace. Lord, I thank you that, that you... Uh, are eternally faithful and have been so in your son, Jesus Christ. And that you would come uh, to us and meet with us this Christmas. We pray it would be so in our homes, in our families, and in our hearts. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.